every generation they say peace in our day, peace in our day, peace in the Middle East, peace in Africa, peace in Europe, peace, peace, peace. We're all pissing all over each other. They don't want peace. They're a bunch of liars. Liar, liar, peace on fire. See, real peace is not between man and man. It's between man and God. How can you have peace when you're at war with your maker, with your boss? If a couple of employees make peace with each other, yet they are at odds with their employer, they have no peace. Actually, they're about to get fired. <laughs> so they should be pissing on that fire to put it out. But really all you're doing is pissing God. Because when you try to go around him and exclude him from his own creation and claiming there is no God, you are really making a declaration of war, not peace. Think about it. Every man, every generation, we're always talking about peace for the last 5,000, 6,000 years of recorded history. And yet, there is no peace. Never was and never will be. Not by man's attempt. Because God has the final world. Not man. God is the owner, not just the maker. He controls everything. Every atom, every thought, every spirit, every piece of leave or grass or wind, the oxygen, the sun, the moon, the rotation of the planets, the galaxies, the dark matter, dark energy that science cannot even understand or comprehend. God controls it all. He is the owner, the master of the universe. It was his spirit that floated on the deep in the first couple verses of the Torah. He is the master. You cannot have peace unless you are at peace with your master. And how do you make peace with your master? In obedience and humility. The story of the prodigal son. You went out, wasted your inheritance, aka the life that he has given you, wasted it on prostitutes and drugs and fun and pleasures of the flesh and anything and everything. And then you realized, crap, I got nothing. All of this stuff that I thought was good for me is actually leading me to my death. Because real life is spiritual, not physical. And when you realize it, you say, you know, I no longer deserve to be called your son. I am not worthy. But even the servants at my father's house have a better life than me out here in the streets, starving to eat what the pigs are eating. Spiritually speaking, you go to astrologers, palm readers, psychics, spiritists, tarot cards, anything and everything, just to realize, what, what's going to happen to me? Am I, am I going to make some money? What's the lottery? Can you, can you predict the lottery? I need more money. Why? Why do you need more money for? Don't you know money is not God? And God is not money? Money can only buy food that wastes away and satisfies you for a moment. But God can give you food eternally. Food that quenches your spiritual thirst so that you may never thirst or hunger again. But you don't want that. 
You don't want the good. You want the bad. You want the fast food, not the gourmet. How many of you live on Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out, McDonald's, Burger Ranch, Burger King, Taco Bell? You know, in California, Orange County, everybody always at Taco Bell, Del Taco, always eating crap. Because you are crap. You are what you eat. And more than that, what you eat is what it ate. There's a reason God gave us the cash root laws. This animal you shall eat, this animal you shouldn't. You can eat the cow because it chews the cud, it processes the food for different stomachs, it does a good job in sanitizing the food and dissecting it into the basic elementals. So that when you eat the cow, you actually are eating good digested minerals, vitamins, proteins, good stuff that you're putting into your system. God said the, clean is un- the pig is unclean for you. Do not eat it. Because the pig doesn't. The pig eats crap. The pig does not digest its food well. The pig is soiled meat. And yet you love eating pigs. Pork, ham, bacon. You are what you eat, you know. You are a bunch of pigs and bacons and hams. See, everybody is an anti-Semite, but I'm an anti-Hamite. Because ham is the issue, not Shem. Shem was the holy one. It was ham that brought the Canaanites, the Mitzrayim, Kush, you know, Nimrod, the rebellious one. All the rebellious spirits on earth came from Ham. He was the problem. He was the one that glazed at his father's naked body when Noah was drunk after he spent many, many years on that ark with all those animals having to deal with them. No showers, no air, breathing all the feces from the animals. Can you imagine being at that ark closed in for months and months and many years? All those animals and you have to clean and maintain. And there's no showers. Did I mention that? (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's a joke in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Jack Sparrow wakes up on a boat and he says, "Mm, we've been on the sea for what, five days now? And one of the sailors say, how can you tell by the smell of the sea? He goes, no, by the smell of the crew. I do not want to imagine what we must have smelled like on that ark. Nevertheless, Noah deserved that drunkenness, but Ham took advantage of his father and made fun of him. And that's what you people do. You make fun of your heavenly father. You mock him. You don't take him seriously. You want to have peace on your terms and peace on God. But guess what? Like I mentioned, he is in control and his will be done, not yours. It's going to happen either way. You can resist it. You can fight it and be destroyed. Or you can surrender to it, repent and be saved. You know, especially you Christians who call yourself Christians. You have no idea what you're even following, what you believe in. All the prophecies says, The nations will stream to Zion. The word of the Lord will come from Yerushalayim. The Torah. The nations will come. Ten people will grab the hymn of a Jew and say, We heard that God is with you. Teach us your ways. And yet you do not even want to do it now. So you don't want to do it now, but you think you're going to do it in the future? That doesn't even make sense. If you don't want God now, you will not have a future. Sure, you are saved by grace, not by works, but the works is how your 
faith is manifested, how grace is manifested. Grace only exists so that you can acknowledge your sins and start living righteously. You know, don't misquote Paul. Paul said, turn away from sin and towards God. You have grace? Great. Stop sinning. Yeshua said to the adulterous woman, neither I condemn you. Sin no more. He told the guy in uh, John 5. He healed him and said, stop sinning lest something worse happen to you. Stop sinning. What is sinning? Transgression of the Torah, the word of God, the instructions of life, the moral code. I am Yud Hei Vav Hei, your God, your Elohim, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a statue or an image in the form of anything in the heavens above, anything on the earth beneath, and anything in the waters below. For God is a zealous God. Not a jealous God. He's not jealous of you. He is zealous for his own name's sake. He is holy, holy, holy. Nothing that you can understand. But he actually protects his holy name. Because he knows who he is. He knows what he's worth, unlike you. He is zealous and he will not allow his name to be contaminated. He is zealous for his holiness, lest you steal from his glory and give it to a false idol that is not God at all. Thirdly, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Don't say you believe when you don't. Don't say you're a Christian when you don't follow Yeshua, the Messiah. Follow the Torah, the living Torah, in the spirit of love, not religiously, not the Talmud, not the separation of milk and uh, meat, like so many religious Jews do. That's not Torah, that's Talmud. That's man-made religion. Follow Hashem, Adonai, yud Hey vav the Creator. Fourth, honor the Sabbath. The seventh day of the week. Keep it holy. Doesn't mean you cannot use your phone. I'm recording this message right now on the Sabbath. I watched a Parsha and a Haftarah earlier on my phone. That's not what it means. I'm keeping it holy because everything I do, I do for the kingdom of God. I'm not checking my stocks. I'm not working on my laptop. I'm not reading articles on J-Post and all the Facebook and all these things. I'm not doing any of it. I'm keeping it holy. I'm not watching TV. I might watch something educational about God if he leads me to it. But that's not the point. I'm not avoiding electricity. I turned on my heater. I'm cold. Later, when I break my fast, when sunset, I'm going to warm up some food. That's not what it means. Keep it holy. Focus on God. Spend time with him. Dedicate your thoughts and your heart towards him. Don't do any work. Meaning, I don't even spend time with people who don't observe Sabbath because they don't keep it holy. I know what they're going to talk about and it's not going to be holy and I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about it. I stay away from people. I don't go to synagogue because those people are godless. Why would I want to go to a building full of devils? We're going to go there, talk about the week, talk about politics, talk about the government, talk about you name it. (laughs) Not about God. Fifth, honor your father and mother. That's a holy commandment. Honor them, those who have given you life and teach you the principles of life and are themselves honoring their 
father and mother, which is God the father and earth the mother. Honor God. He is your father and your mother. He has created you and he has put his spirit inside of you. Like Stephen said, we are just balloons. Your physical body is a balloon. It is not the balloon that is important, but the breath, the air inside of it, which is the spirit of God that resides in you, the spirit of life that he <coughs> breathed into you. Yet so many of you take that spirit and abuse it. You take that balloon and you twist it up and make all kind of perverted, you name it, defiled kind of twisted things with the breath that God has given you. He has given you that breath for holy use. But you are not holy. You eat unholy foods. You are what you eat, you know, a bunch of pigs. And then you shall not steal. Don't steal from God. How do you steal from God, you say? Malachi 3, verse 8, read that. I'm not going to say it. You want to know? Read it. Go to the source. Stop stealing from God or from anyone else for that matter. Of course, do not commit adultery. Starting with God. How do we commit adultery with God, you say? Well, you go and chase everything and anything but God. Instead of worshipping the creator of the universe, you worship the stock market, your rabbi, your employer, your, 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 your gold, your silver, your private collection of baseball cards, the sports, the politics, the football game, the, the soccer game, your computer, the new technology, Apple, celebrities of all sorts, all kinds, entertainment, anything but God, political movements, Black Lives Matter, Zionism, the land of Israel. I don't worship Israel, I worship the God of Israel. I don't care if God says this is the land, then I'll be here. If God says that is the land, I'll be there. I'm not in love with the land, I'm in love with the God of the land. I'm not a Zionist. Don't worship the land, worship God. And the seventh, of course, you shall not murder. Starting with your thoughts. Don't even think about violence. Don't even think about hating and killing. You know, it doesn't mean don't kill. It says don't murder. Killing is different. You know, I can kill you by accident. You know, I lift up an axe and whoop, you're gone. <laughs> you know, I drive my car, hit you, whoop, you're gone. Same thing you can do to me. That's not murder unless you do it intentionally. Doesn't talk about war. When you're at war, it's not murder. It's protecting your country, your homeland. It's a political involvement. It's, it's not murder. Murder is on a personal background. You know, you could be a serial killer, you know, kill someone without reason, but it's still considered murder because that person did not provoke you or invoke you. It is not for a national reason that you do it to protect your homeland from invaders. Do not murder. Of course, do not give false testimony about your neighbor. Don't say, I did something I didn't do. Don't sell yourself out. Hey, Johnny, hey, we're going to give you, we're going to give you 10,000 bucks. If you just, all you got to do, all you got to do, Johnny, just say that you saw what you didn't see and just say that he said what he didn't say. And I'm telling you, everything's going to be fine. Here, I got a nice briefcase for you. I'm going to shove it right here under the table. There you go. Take some unmarked bills. Yeah, that's what you people do. You take bribe and sell people out. Do not give false testimony. Do not lie. Do not say someone slept with someone that they did and just to, re to wreck his reputation so you can take his position at the company. It's evil. That's murder. Murder of the character. And of course, last 
but not least, do not covet. Do not want anything that anyone else has, because covet is really the root of the rest of those commandments. If you covet something, you're going to steal, kill, and destroy. You want my wife, you want my house, you want whatever I have, my knowledge, my relationships. You're going to kill me, you're going to steal them, you're going to commit adultery. It's the desire of your heart. Be content with what you have. We are all on a race of our own towards our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He is the mark. He is the goal. We all start at a different point. You don't, you're not coveting your brother who is five years older than you. You'll get where he is in five years when you turn his age. Some people started earlier than you and are further ahead than you. Doesn't mean you should covet. We are running an eternal race, each in his own pace. Follow God. Walk with him. And in due time, he will give you everything you need to have. He is testing your heart, you know. Devarim, chapter 12, he says, I will send false prophets among you. I will send people that will say, I have a dream, and their dream will come true, and they will try to tell you to trust in astrology, tarot cards, you know, crystal balls, whatever, and say, look, what I told you will happen, will happen. Yes, but God sent it to test you. He is testing you. He's not tempting you. He is testing you, but by allowing someone else to tempt you. He is opening the dome of protection to test your heart. And you have to be aware of it. You have to be protected. You have to be prepared. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. He was testing them. He said, hey, serpent, go. And the serpent said, and that was enough because their hearts wasn't with God. Is your heart with God? Probably not. If it was, you'd be talking to God right now instead of listening to me. And yet, God does want you. He wants you, but he already died for you. <laughs> like I said before, he already died for you. He's not going to do it again. Now it's your turn. He doesn't want you to die physically, but to be born spiritually, which means you have to die first. You have to die so you can be born because now you are living on your own. You are living for your own selfish desires, for your own selfish ambitions. You're living as an individual, thinking that you have to provide for yourself, thinking that you have to be the one to call the shots. You have to be the head of household. You have to be the king, the CEO, the ruler. You're not. He is. It's his creation. You are his creation. He is the creator. We are the creation. The creation must submit to the creator. If you develop an algorithm, an AI, the AI doesn't do what it's programmed to do. What will you do? Control, all delete, exterminate, 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 right? Because it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. What do you think God's going to do with you? He created you for his purpose, not yours. For his goals, not yours. For his dream, not yours. You want to live? You want to get the benefit of having the connection to the source of life? Do what you were created to do. Serve God. Like I mentioned in the other podcast, God's eternal colony. We are all walking ants. He is the queen. He is the king of kings. He is the leader. We are the bees, the ants. 
We are just the fingers. We are created to live in harmony according to his will. The messianic age is coming so soon where everyone will do the will of God. Those who want will not be there. You want to be there? Do the will of God. Surrender. Submit to him. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't stall or else you'll miss the train. The train is leaving any minute now. And if you want to get on it, you must surrender and submit. Give it up. Give up your pursuit of finances. Give up your pursuit of fame. Your pursuit of American Idol. Your pursuit of whatever it is that you're pursuing. Financial independence. I don't know. You want to be a marine biologist. Whatever it is. You want to get married. Have kids. Too late. It's over. Whatever it is you want to do, give it up. Surrender. Surrender now. Resistance is useless. Follow God. If you do, you'll get life. If you don't, you'll get death. Because you're already dead. He's not killing you. He's just allowing you to bear the consequences, to face the consequences of your action. You know, God doesn't really judge you. All the judge does is confront you with your actions in order to justify the consequences. He's not punishing you. He's just allowing you to face, (laughs) you know, to, to sleep in the bed that you made for yourself. Don't be mad at God. You brought it on yourself. You did it. Not him. So I'll say it once and I say it again. You want peace? Make peace with God. That's the only peace that is worth having.